on the line, I am pleased and pleasured to have an MLS Fox Sports South and a Big Ten Network employee who does a fantastic job everywhere she goes, Jillian Stakovitz. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me. You do such a good job. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, so you do a bunch of things. I, I just want to. I just want to know. <laughs> what's the first season with Atlanta been like? It's been a dream come true by all accounts. I mean, the club is top notch. You know, what you see on the field is kind of what you get also behind the scenes. And it's just been a ton of fun. I mean, I, I was just on the phone before I spoke to you um, with someone from another club who was <laughs> asking, what's it like when they never lose? And I was like, I don't really know yet because I haven't had to talk to an, an angry or disappointed team yet. <laughs> How's it compared to other places you've been around MLS? Obviously, you're more a home type setting with Atlanta, but mm-hmm. tra- traveling around, doing the thing with all these different teams. How have you seen how Atlanta does things versus how other mm-hmm. teams do things? I think that the biggest thing with Atlanta, I mean, you, there's so many different facets of it. When you look at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, they put so much attention into a great game day experience. Um, they're huge with videos and staying um, involved and interactive with the fans throughout. You know, you'll see pictures um, maybe from the tailgate or something like that up on the kind of halo over the stadium. And then the music and everything, it's just, it keeps you as if soccer's not engaging for the full 90 anyway. <laughs> the stadium does such a good job and the stadium ops are fantastic. It is so much fun. And then, I mean, the team puts on quite a show. I mean, having one of the best, if not the best attack in MLS, that puts on a show in itself. Um, and then the defense, you know, that back line has been coming through lately and, you know, Maybe defense isn't always the most interesting thing, but I think Atlanta's been doing a great job at at keeping it interesting. Yeah, Tata, so it's kind of firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah, Tata Martinez done a fantastic job. Um, that defense not looked good the first couple of games, and uh, you know, champagne problems. As he says too many players trying to fit into this eleven man field, and he finally figured it out. And Atlanta's looking really, really good. Uh, if that. 5-0 result against LAFC is going to tell us anything. Yeah, I think that the first game they struggled. I mean, um, you know, Jeff Lorenowitz was in a different position. Michael Parkhurst um, wasn't in that game. So oh, it, they weren't playing the same formation they've been playing as of late. Um, so, yeah, they were just figuring things out, I think, in that first in that first game because they're unbeaten since week one. Yeah, I was at the Houston-Atlanta game, and it was – I've never seen Atlanta fans like upset because they've never really lost by a large amount. And trying trying to how was it? It was a very strange situation. Atlanta hadn't lost by four goals yet. It was they didn't know how. I think everyone was a little um, shell shocked, maybe, but I think for them that game is very much in the uh, rearview mirror at this point. Yeah, it's it's weird to say it was a turning point in their season because it was week one. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> but uh, they they used that game to figure it out, and it was it was a fun weekend uh, for MLS to open up on, especially with Atlanta losing and Toronto losing and every, everything that happened that weekend was fantastic. But um, so I want I want to ask you how you can 
compare covering MLS to things on the Big Ten Network? Obviously, soccer is very, very different from most sports. So how do you take your experience? Um, I think that the big thing probably between MLS and college sports, college athletics, is it's very tribal. Um, you know, I cover and covered Major League Baseball, the NHL, the NFL, um, the NBA, and yeah, you know, fan goes to work and then maybe pops over to a game after work. And while they're not dedicated, while they're still dedicated fans, there's just something very tribal about college athletics and soccer. And I think that there's probably a lot more things that they have in common than that they're different. So while they are in different ends of the spectrum, you know, these are student athletes on one hand and the others, they're professionals. Uh, the culture has a lot of parallels. So when you cover, say, a, a college athletic uh, event, what is the mindset going into it compared when you cover a soccer event? Probably one thing you got to be careful of in, in college sports is the fact that these are student athletes um, and you are working for the Big Ten Network. So typically in a game, um, your coverage is geared more towards one school, you know, especially if it's not within the Big Ten. You know, for example, when I did the pinstripe ball and it was Iowa and Boston College, I was just there to really focus on Iowa. And then at the end of the day, two these are guys who just put four years into something and it's their last, you know, game ever as a Hawkeye. And you just need to, whether they win or lose, they won that game. But whether they won or lost, you still want to have some, you still want to reflect on what, you know, their college career meant to them. Because some will go on to play professionally and some won't. It, it's a totally different story with um, Atlanta. You know, when I worked for the league, I was covering both teams. And, you know, you can't gear more towards one than the other. And with Atlanta, yeah, we are Atlanta-focused at Fox Sports South. Um, however, it's you're going to ask the more hard-hitting questions uh, to the players, whereas maybe in college athletics, you, you might save more of that for the coach. Not necessarily, but that's how I look at it anyway, and that's been my experience so far. But honestly, there's, there's not much difference there between them in terms of proper mindset. You still have to do a ton of work ahead of time and you have to be ready to go, you know, when you're called on based on, on what happens. And that's just sports in general. I mean, you, you definitely know all about that, right? For these interviews and everything. Right. And I cover the Houston Dynamo on a weekly basis and I can't really be biased towards either team, even though I'm <laughs> in BBVA Compass Stadium every single week. And it's, it, it's hard not to grow uh, an affection for a team that you, you watch every week. So it's it's been a very interesting thing to kind of balance. Yeah, and I think too, like I can I can relate to that when I covered the Portland Timbers um, in 2015. I went out there for decision day, not knowing if they'd even make the playoffs. They were anywhere from landing a I think maybe a two seed to a seven seed. So in or out. Um, you know, Caleb Porter a little bit then was on the hot seat and. Then they went on to win MLS Cup that year. So for me, they held a little bit of a place in my heart at the beginning because I, I associate kind of sustaining a job in the league with them. You know, had I not covered them at the beginning and already been out there and they kept winning, you know, I probably would have done my gig or two and, and moved on. And I got to kind of stay with the league and stay covering them um, for that two and a half months, all because they won. So you do, especially in the beginning, you 
kind of are a little more like emotional about it. At least I was, and I still am, especially now with like Atlanta working for a club has been completely different. Um, and you see these guys, you know, every day and you have to deal with them. So you want to ask them fair questions, you know, if you feel like, and you know that they don't probably think that they put their best performance out on the field, which we haven't seen a lot of lately, (laughs) but you want to be fair and you want to ask the right questions. Um, but you also have to work with these people all year long. So it's definitely a fine line of asking the right questions while also not maybe being too much of a homer for the team that you are asking the fluffy questions i think it's also an interesting dynamic dynamic when you when you interact with these players on a personal level and a human level it's it's very different from being a fan or being a a media guy that just watches them on tv a, a satellite media guy so when you when you have a relationship and they know who you are and you you obviously know who they are and you you have the back and forth i think then it gets really hard to root for those guys and when whenever they're playing, whether it be your favorite team or whether it be just try to be impartial towards them, it's it's a very difficult thing. So I'm going through that. I'm I'm sure you're you're going through a little bit of that Atlanta. So that's always a, a very interesting thing we have to go through. Yeah, and the other thing about that too is, you know, just the other day I was just the other day I was. T- talking to somebody who covers the NBA. Um, he's done it for years, you know, decades. And we were talking about that, that there's no exact line. There's no right answer there. Um, that's something people struggle with decades into their career or, you know, a few months into their career. I don't know if, you know, you never totally figured out the answer. The best thing I think is each time just to do it as fairly as possible. Right. Right. Uh, one thing I'm always interested in it, with with the things that you do is your your relationship with Suzanne Collins. <laughs> um. So, how is that kind of developed into like an on air thing where uh, people are really really comfortable watching two friends just kind of hang out and do the thing, and um, how's that translate off air? Yeah, I, I think it starts with off air. Um, I think that's just my personality type. I think sometimes in media, you're a lot better at what's the word? Sometimes you can, you know, you know, you're also an entertainer and you're there to put on a show. Um, if I don't feel a certain way, you could see it all over my face. So, like the friendship with Susanna Collins really was totally off air. We just became really good friends. It was like an instant connection. Once we got to know each other, we just really clicked. Um, and then that slowly developed in like a year later was working on a project for MLS, the crossbar challenge to beat the pro. And then um, halfway through, we kind of needed to make it more competitive because you're dealing with two fans that were going up against an athlete, right. Um, in a crossbar challenge. And that's just an uncomfortable situation for a fan. They're around someone maybe that they idolize or that they love. There's three cameras in their face. So what we decided to do to kind of help with the competition level was like, let's put, instead of me telling all of them to be competitive as the host of the series, let's put myself on one fan side and Susanna on the other. So we got to go on the road together and work together. And then like naturally our kind of friendship and just understanding for each other really came through. Um, I think it takes a lot more talent and stuff to fake it. You know, if it's just your counterpart or your colleague when you're on the air, uh, but the friendship is already there. So honestly doing, doing work then together is just natural and it honestly couldn't be more easy. 
Yeah, because I was watching the Cooligans uh, on YouTube <laughs> in the little brunt, the Sunday brunch on a Wednesday, which was great. Yeah, they totally tricked us. <laughs> and just seeing how the dynamic dynamic there was uh, was very very interesting. But I, I want to ask you about that because this podcast is, is we're friends with the Cooligans and everything like that. So how was that? Just the whole hanging out, eating food on a podcast, and talking about soccer. I think the great thing about the Cooligans and what they do is you feel like they're your friends. You feel like you've known them forever. Um, They're great at being a little self-deprecating at times, which just lightens the mood I have found with anybody. You know, if you can make fun of yourself, you're in good shape. So them making fun of themselves um, allows us to make fun of ourselves, and it just allows for a very light atmosphere. Because at the end of the day, we're covering sports. So while there's definitely times you need to be serious and of course, you know, when you're on the air, you, you need to be serious. But as much as you can, you need to also be able to realize that you're really lucky to have the job that you have and just have a blast doing it. And they have a blast. They have a genuine love for soccer. They know what they're talking about. Um, but at the end of the day, they know to have fun. And I think that that's kind of what helps separate them from maybe some other sports podcasts is, yeah, you want to go get your hard-hitting news. But sometimes you feel like checking out, you know, for, for 20 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour whatever it might be. And I think too, that goes back to sports and why people watch sports. You know, you're using it as an escape, a way to take your mind off things, be passionate about something. Um, so it's been great. And I think that's where their strength is and what makes them unique. I think that's like the, the thing that I've tried to focus on most in covering sports is that I'm covering sports. It's not like this big serious thing. And there, there are serious things within the realm of sports that mm-hmm. we do have to talk about, but it's a game it, on the field or on the ice or, or on the court or whatever. It's, it's a game and we just gotta, gotta have fun with it because sports is fun. Being a sports fan is fun. Talking about it in a microphone and, and yelling about if LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. It's fun. And yeah, you're right. <laughs> We just kind of have to realize it and not take ourselves too seriously. I, I, and they do a fantastic job of that. You do a fantastic job of that. And that's just the most important thing to keep in mind. None of this is actually that important. Right. And I think that, too, like the balance is, is having fun with it and then, you know, buckling down when you have to buckle down. Definitely. Definitely. And you have serious topics along the way. Don't get me wrong. You know, sports provides a way for evil to creep in and and do some awful things but there's also moments where you know somebody gets crossed over on a basketball court and it looks hilarious <laughs> so like it, it's it's a very large spectrum of things that happen and you just kind of have to roll with it and most absolutely of, most of the time it's on the fun side so um but jillian i, I appreciate you making time it sounds like you're like in an airport or something. Where where are you? In route, getting ready to leave for uh, Chicago. Actually, got back from Houston yesterday. Now heading to Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> I've done one of those before. Just a phone call in the middle of a bunch of people. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, but, you got to uh, do them when you can, right? Right. If I could do them on the plane, I would. <laughs> but I appreciate you making the time. Um, Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. Yes, you do a great job and. Stick with it. I'm looking forward to listening to uh, Katie's. Yes. So thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Take care.